I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? You are listening to episode... 55 of the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you as always by Defense Soap, Defend What You Have Built, and also Dollomer Mats. So Tommy, we got our special guest on the line this week, who, uh, he's a very famous wrestler, and he is also a member of the T-Row and Funky Mercenary Army that is coming for the 2017 Midlands, uh, Jake Herbert. What's up, Jake and Tommy? Always a pleasure to have or be on here, man. I, I love it. Love what you guys do. Uh, Ben, I'm happy to be on the show as usual. This is the 55th go around for you and I, and I'm excited to chit chat. You know, usually we have some type of cursory agenda where we know what we're going to talk about, but we really don't know what we're going to talk oh, about right now. Oh, you can't just now. pull got... back the, the curtain like that, Tommy. Well, well, I do <laughs> want to talk about one thing, though. What's up oh, with the Missouri Tiger? Just, uh, we'll get to that. What's up? We'll get to that later. Jake, what's up in your life? I, we haven't talked oh, in, we, we haven't talked in like a year, so just you know, let's start out with you filling us in on what you're up to. So retired from uh, wrestling competitive wise, with the exception of the Midlands tournament here. Yep. Um so I uh, married the love of my life. I, I saw that. I saw that. I was shocked. I didn't know Jake Herbert could ever settle down. Uh, I I got a good one, you know. She 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 legitimately was a fox. Now she's a Herbert. So when, um, when did you get married? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I feel bad too. You said Janelle Fox is such an awesome name, and now it's Janelle Fox Herbert. So, so well, when did you get okay. married? Uh, September twenty fourth. Okay, so so you're like what three months in, four months in? You need any marriage tips from Tommy and I? Because Tommy's over a decade now. I'm going on. Seven I'm still years. on the honeymoon. I'm still on the honeymoon right now. What are, what are you guys sitting at? I know, man. You you haven't even settled in yet. You are still on the honeymoon. Talk. Call me in about a year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call in for show number one hundred. There you go. Um, there you go. Perfect. So mar- married. We're. I'm, I'm still rocking and rolling. We have our. Uh, you know, double leg ninja wrestling apparel. You know, um, I, I got a kids club with Rovat here. We're we're working on our base training. We got a couple teams that are using it full time, and that's just like the little twenty percent of the stuff. I'm not gonna. I don't want to rely on that stuff to feed my family. Um, I do. I'd love it if it could, but um, I, I live I live pretty large, so uh, <laughs> I moved my mat to real estate. One. So you, um, you said you're moving into real estate. Yep. So uh, so you doing are you doing resi- residential residential or commercial or what's the deal? Yeah, residential for right now. I I gotta cause just to learn. So I bought a little income property in Detroit. What's nice about it here is you can pick up properties cheaper than cars. So it just depends on where you want to buy. Yeah, it's Detroit, so there are pockets where there are homes that are like, like my house. I bought for a thousand seven hundred dollars at a tax auction. We'll we'll oh. be thirty thousand all in. We'll have it fixed up by March. Um, it'll be worth fifty thousand afterwards. It'll rent out for a thousand dollars a month. For the rest of my life. So, 
I'll so you're going to pay it back? You're going to... Yeah, dude, I like I like I like the math on that. I mean, well, it's a three point two cash on cash return. You have three point two years cash on cash return. Um, you know, with that investment and 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 properties in oh eight and nine when the market was peaking at that thing. I mean, it's it's a four thousand square sorry two thousand square foot house, four bedrooms. Um, you know, brick, great foundation, and um, properties like that were going for one hundred sixty, one hundred seventy thousand in oh nine during the bubble. So if that thing even goes up anywhere near that again. You know, and, and there's so many of these properties in this area. So I'm I'm starting with yeah. my first one here, and, and I'm doing a couple flips just to get some more cash built up. Nice. Well, not to get not to get too political, but if if uh, Ben's main man Donnie Trump does his job, we could have yeah, a huge, mi- huge a huge influx of jobs in the Michigan area. Michigan's gonna come yeah, up with I- those plants. Exactly. It, it's looking that way. I mean, Michigan's coming back, and I know it. I, I just see with the, the people that I'm blessed to know, um, the, the ones that make or break things that happen, it, it, Detroit's going to come back. So I'm really investing in the surrounding areas around side of it. And uh, this is now my home, so there's no way I can live in a place that's, like, crappy. I mean, you know, if, if you look at Cleveland, Tommy, I was 90 miles east of it. And, you know, some of that goodness still trickled in there a little bit from me, and I wasn't even living in that city. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, my man. That's right. Wow. So, are you uh, are you not helping out University of Michigan wrestling at all anymore? Or are you in there a little bit? Uh, what's the yeah? Little... I'm in there a little bit. Okay, it, it, it's a it's a forty minute drive. I, I really work with because Avenator had his shoulder surgery. I'm basically working yep. with Miles Amin, with Logan Massa. Sure. Um, you know, it, it, are those are basically the two I get in. I try to get in the room about once a week, but it's a good forty minute drive, and it's just tough with all the scheduling and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm Jake, still in there. It's Jake, a good way to get the work out. Yep. Jake, so you've been officially retired since uh, April-ish of last year. And I got to ask you, you know, how is the transition going? You know, you've been a one-track mind like, like all of us have been for so long. Yeah. And now you're married. You know, you're, you're, you're out of competitive wrestling you're trying to assimilate yourself in the real world. You're not as in wrestling as a co- college coach per se. How is all of that going upstairs in the mind? I mean, is it is it something that's challenging? Is it exciting? Is it enlightening? Like, how do you feel about all that? It was tough. Um, it was really tough, but because uh, that's what I wanted my whole life. You know, I, I failed. You know, just like you know, Tommy. I know, and it, it, it's weird because the three of us can stand in front of kids and everything and i tell them all the time i'm a failure at the sport of wrestling because i never achieved my goals i know ben didn't achieve his goals tommy i know you didn't achieve your goals i mean we all wanted to be right. a gold medalist yeah and none of us are and, it, and it's a funny thing to think about and i tell kids that story like you talk to sanderson he considered I, I, he doesn't you know and we don't consider ourselves failures but like he never won a world title you know and that that eats at him you know and and, it, and i'm sure he can live with it and we all sleep at night and we move on and and get there, but right. we never reached the goal of what we wanted to, but th- that's what I tell kids is make your goal so big that even by failing, right, and me failing to be an Olympic gold medalist, I'm an Olympian, I met presidents, met rock stars, met billionaires, traveled to 30 different countries, been in movies, TV shows, TV, you know, all these ads, I get to do all this stuff by failing at my goal. So if my goal was just to be an Olympic team member and I fell on a bat, I don't get any of that stuff. So set your goals high. Kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. Hey, Jake, I do, I do this method. I'm, I'm going to peel back some layers on you now, though. Uh, yeah, do it. When you said Logan Massa, you, you, like, uh, 
you just triggered something to me. I do these mental Mondays every day, every uh, week on my Facebook page, talking about the sport of wrestling, want- the mental side. Um, I know every well, people in the wrestling know that you are a notoriously bad practice wrestler, and word has it that you even lost to Logan Massa one time in a practice match. Um, but obviously, you don't you don't compete as poorly as you practice. Uh, what's the key there? Because I know every wrestler on the planet wishes their their competition was way better than their practice, which it actually is for you. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing I'd want. You know, well, the thing is in practice, like I don't care how it is. Like, yeah, I'm going to go out and try my hardest. But in practice, I know that hey, if that if that if that move is there, if that big like step behind throw is there, if even the opportunity is there, I take it in practice because what the hell? You know, I make it great. I'm up. If I don't, who cares? Yeah. It's practice. Um, you know, in a wrestling match, it's a little different story because it's competition, the lights are on. But because I, I went for it so often, I can tell if it's really there or if it's not there by just going for it um, and, and practicing that and, and not letting that worry me because I know when it comes down to match time, I can just set the mindset where, like, if you want to beat me, you have to kill me or gas me out or cheat like you did, Ben. You know, it's the same. <laughs> what? Now, Jake, now, Jake. It is. It yeah. is kind of. It's, I wouldn't say it's a known fact, but in the inner circle of wrestling, it's known that that you that you just go for broken practice, and as a result, suffer some negative consequences and all those things. Were you like that since day one? Were you like that even as a kid, or is that something that when you got to the higher levels and it became a game of inches, you know, you just you just got less concerned about it, and it became you know, or, did, or was that the way you were in grade school, junior high, high school, college, uh, no. all the way through? Not well in high school. Like my high school wrestling room was my, my head coach was was Jamie Cariasis, who was a Division One wrestler of Syracuse. He was two time round of twelve at at like a hundred and fifty. Like he lost to the Hughes brothers. He had a win over the Hughes brothers, who were national champs. So good wrestler. Just wow. you know, never got on the gotcha. podium. And as a you know, and then I had Mark Angle, who you know, Kurt Angle's nephew was ranked number one in the nation, a three time All American. And then I had Drew Spencer who would have been a starter at any other college, but he was at Penn State University, stuck behind the Hughes brothers. Yep. So I had... Wow. Just, and that was just... That was my coaches. So I wasn't ever winning in the practice room. I was just doing a little better every time. You know? I was like, <laughs> right. I, got in, I got in an angle and got the stalemate. And then as I got bigger, you know, Virtus Jones is in the area. We have such good wrestlers and Troy Letters and Jared King and, uh, you know, Josh Whitesell, Phil Davis. We had, you know, I just was exposed to such high level wrestling that I didn't know any different. I was like, well, this is, this is the level I compete at. You know, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like. Um, I almost, I, I almost really feel thing. like, yeah. I was going to say, I almost feel like the way that, I love the way you're talking. You're from, you know, the hotbed, of, a hotbed of wrestling in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the, the number one wrestling. Tommy, let me just cut you off. Let's just get this out of the way. Is Ohio the better hotbed. or is Pennsylvania better, Tommy? Which one's better? Oh, uh, you're hitting me where it hurts. But I'm I, a man's got to admit when he's not the best, and PA's got Ohio beat, man. PA's got Ohio oh, beat. Oh, you admitted um, it, Tommy. Wow. Well. I well, I, I, I will say this. I will say this, that traditionally, traditionally, you cannot argue that PA has Ohio beat. But I even think Jake would agree with this, that Ohio's close <laughs> enough to PA that every single year, you can never really say who's better until the year's over. Because, <laughs> yeah. agree. because there's all, you know, I, there's all. Don't let him off the hook, about, Jake. Don't let him off the hook. We got him. Jake, come on. <laughs> Save me here a little bit. Save me here a little bit. 
Well, it's it's it, it. I mean, what's really interesting, and here's something that you guys should should study, and I studied this before, Ben. Is if you look at like the little Russian belt from like Osetia to Kasavir yeah. to Grogny, yeah. uh, it's it's the same exact belt setup as like Pennsylvania, as Pittsburgh, Ohio, and then like over to like the New Jersey, Philadelphia area. It's yeah. almost like the same exact mileage and like same belt. There's got to be something fascinating there. About that, I actually just um, saw but, a map online. There was a, it was called a heat map. Someone posted it of, uh, I think it was every yeah. NCAA quali- Division One NCAA qualifier since 2000, uh, and it was obviously it showed the areas you talk about. Then um, there was a couple areas in California that were really big. The, the Chicago area was really I, big. I have I have a I have a theory why that whole area is good at wrestling. Which, which area? I, uh, we're talking about the, Russia. The, the base, basically no. Well, Russia. I'm not as familiar with the, the socioeconomic situation but i think the rust belt you know area chicago up through the great lakes into pittsburgh and on into pennsylvania on the east coast has a lot to do with immigration no, into blue collar yeah immigration and you know, it's, it's not the case now because it's cultural but i think that oh, the immigrants okay, okay. Came we're, over, going, we're going way back the, yeah the immigrants came over they were in a blue-collar manufacturing-type work setting, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, um, Erie, Chicago, Jersey, outside of the city. You know, it was all where, it was where all the manufacturing was, uh, the, the Lehigh Valley, which is the steel capital of the freaking world when, when Carnegie and those guys were coming through. And it was yep. a blue-collar um, standard where, where there wasn't many resources. You couldn't play hockey. You couldn't play all these sports where you needed – either space or equipment or what have you, and wrestling kind of just unfolded from there, in my opinion, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't want the whole episode to be about this. And then and then it became cultural, and now, now the world is different, right? But those areas still have a cultural element of wrestling, so it feeds itself every year. Sure. I don't know. That's my theory. F- fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say in current era, just, just like Jake discussed, with uh, all the, hold on, my daughter watching. Alex, I'm on my podcast. Yeah, go ahead. She wants to. Watch. Go ahead, go, go, go. You got it. She's gonna watch a TV show. Um, just like Jake discussed, you know, with Pennsylvania having so many colleges, obviously those colleges produce teachers. Teachers go back and coach high school, and you know, then Jake Herbert ends up in the room with three Division One guys. Where in Wisconsin there might be three or four Division One guys in the whole state coaching high school wrestling. Right. Great. Well, yeah, that that's true yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and you have, like, you have the, the give back cycle too. Like, I yeah. mean, you know, it, it's wired in us. I mean, I'm I'm holding out with. I, I technically am a volunteer assistant at the local high school, ten minutes down the road from me, because I, I looked at the three high schools and I was like, hey, I'm in the area. I want to come in like the room like once a week and just roll around with some of you guys. You know, like just do something to give back and kind of like help the sport out. So that, that's going to be the big circle is how are we giving back and what are we doing, you know, and I'm yeah. not going to count. No, And that's a big problem with wrestling coaches is it's not number one for any of them. They have, they all have a career first and then it's family and then there's hobbies and then there's something else. And then wrestling's not always number four or five on the list of what it is, you know, sure. so that's a hard thing for our sport. So we, we need to have those volunteers coming back and giving back and doing the stuff. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Jake, I know we don't want to take too much of your time because I know you got big things to do tonight. Let, let's just Huge. talk. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Let's just talk a little bit about 
This Midlands team. So, you know, when I asked you to wrestle, I, ha- I have had a few hesitant responses from certain people. I won't tell their names. Oh, God. But I think, I think you are more – well, Tommy, you're good to go. But, uh, Jake, you were more than excited <laughs> to wrestle, and you've always been ready to strap it up at the, at the drop of a hat. Uh, I think you're kind of excited for this challenge and excited for this team. Uh, what are what are your overall thoughts on it? Well, it's I got to win my fourth Midland title. You know, I only have uh, oh, three yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be a good one to have. I lost uh, some Olympic gold medalist Jake Varner in the finals the one year. Arm spin gone bad in overtime, uh, is the way I call it. But I was like really <laughs> kind of deep. so. Um, you know, and Jake's a good wrestler. So, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> he's, he's okay. Yeah. No excuses or anything. So I'm, I'm just, you know, excited to compete. It, it gives me something to keep training to. I was lifting today. I'm, I'm always going to want to be able to strap it up and, and go. And, but you just can't get the same thing like the competition. I mean, you know how it yeah, is, Ben, as yeah, much as you sure. roll or do anything, like there's just nothing like that competing. And yep. you, you don't, you know, no matter how many buildings, apartment buildings and, places i buy and flip and do it there's not the same thing as you know third period you can barely feel your lungs you're tired you step back on the mat and you need that takedown to win you know you can't replicate that anywhere else and you miss it yeah no doubt about it jake are you you're our 97 pounder jake yep yep so it looks like you're gonna bulk up i think matt max is on the vegan diet or something something like that so he's uh i think he's walking around about 188 pounds maybe 187 pounds somewhere around there. what do you weigh jake I haven't stepped on a scale yet, like not one that I can rely on. Like since April I mean, I, I, or I, since I, when? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple times of practice. Like one time of practice, I was like 205, and Ooh, I was like, Ugh, I'm looking bad. But I'm on, a, I'm on a healthier diet now. We made cauliflower tater tots tonight. We made Ooh, cauliflower gross. pizza. And no, there's way, no way that tastes really good. good. Come on, man. Yeah, they're good. They're good? <laughs> cauliflower tater tots. <laughs> that's so. Uh, that's such an anti-Wisconsin diet. I don't even know what to say. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> Need some cheese curds um, and old an old fashioned. Can I tell my favorite Wisconsin joke? Oh, I, I, we'd love to hear it. What do you call a hundred a hundred and eighty pound woman in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin? Oh, this is gonna be good because it's gonna be true. Um, I don't know. I don't know what is it. So, what do you call a hundred and eighty pound woman in Wisconsin? I don't know. Anorexic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> the, state, the state of Wisconsin, though, does uh, – it would be very behind on health and fitness trends. I will give you guys that. So, uh, you know, that's that's not far off. I hope, I hope there's – you know, we probably have mostly a male listenership, so they'll all probably be laughing at this. If we did have a female listenership, they'd probably be pretty upset at Jake right now. Hey, yeah, she hey Ben, is that, yeah. is that a word? Is listenership a word? I don't know. You want me to Google it? That, yeah, I want to I want to call you out on that. I want to I find think out it should be. Well, you know, the, Tommy, there's some of these words that, like, they don't have a meaning, and then as stuff progresses, like podcast, that wasn't a word, and now we're doing I one. Get, I get it. I get it that, you know, viewership, you know, listenership, same philosophy, but that's like me saying Jaden Cox, you know, it's oh, a no, listenership is and, in, and apparently that it's, it's in the Merriam-Webster diction. Yep, the audience for a radio program or recording, also the number of con, or kind of that audience. 
Yep, it is a word. You, you taught you taught me something. Ben. There we you go. It something. probably wasn't a word when you were going through college, Tommy. We know, all know that was a long time oh, ago. God. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Back when you had to type, they're not write out your papers and hand them in, right? <laughs> That's right. Tommy was That's using right. floppy drives and stuff back when he was in college. Hey, guys, I didn't even I activate you one, one thing too. I um I, I fired a shot at Tom Brands and let him know. I, no, I, I you warned didn't. him. I sent him a video. I sent him a video before the uh, before <laughs> the Michigan match because I wasn't able to make it down there and sent him a video and let him know that we're we're coming for him. That uh, you did what you said. Michigan or, or, or the mercenaries. I said the mercenary. I, oh, I said, okay. hey, we're putting together an old man team. I was like, we're coming after the top team at Midlands, and right now that's your team brand. So I don't know if you want to look at that as good or bad. That was you're, you're coaching the best team. But, uh, I don't know. Okay, so Andy Rowe, he never messaged me back, which is probably like a, a Tom Brand's move. You know, like he's not going to respond to any, <laughs> any of that. Right. But Andy Rowe, Andy Rowe passed the message forward to me. He said, hey, Brands loved your video. That's all he said. Uh, so he got they'll it. Probably, what was they'll the video? probably love to use that as motivation. Like, for, they'll be using, like, August and preseason workouts. They'll be like, the T. Rowe and Funky Mercenary Army's coming for you guys. You ain't going to win Midlands. <laughs> Better run those stadiums harder. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I got to tell you guys, my, my Tom, Tom Brands has a quote uh, that is going on my gravestone. You guys know that. (laughs) In 2010, (laughs) it's going on my gravestone. Next to like uh, loving, devoting father, wrestler, all that stuff. It's going, this brand's quote is going underneath it. He goes, 2010, I'm wrestling Gavin in that World Team Trials match. In Nebraska. Right? And he. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Smashes. Comes out and smashes me that first match. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, keeps, keeps ready to go. Um, and the second match beats me first period, is beating me second period, and I somehow pull it out my butt at the end of the second period to like win that period, and then pull it out to win the third period, and then it's a third match. And as I'm walking out, I, 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 it's got, I don't know if it's Tom or Terry. I still had, I had a hard time telling them apart at this point, so I would assume I think it's going to be Tom, but he's walking up to me and he goes, Herbert! You need a wheelbarrow when you go out on that mat. And I'm like, what, a wheelbarrow? What, what are you talking about? He goes, because your balls are this big! <laughs> uh, well, that's a good Tom Brand story. What that was Terry. Him? That was Terry. Terry says crazier things than Tom. I guarantee that was Terry. I think I'm, I'm going with Terry. On yeah, that. that's I'm Terry. Terry. Tom, Tom, we need to Tom's ask our, more to... subdued. I think. <laughs> yeah, I I'm love Terry. I think that's going on my gravestone. <laughs> well, are the whole thing, or just that your balls are big? <laughs> yeah, just. Just that here lies Jake Herbert, and my Grayson will probably be a wheelbarrow. You know, with just two big round balls. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love it. Wow. Um, hey, Jake, are you going to NCAAs this year? That I haven't decided yet, um, it, which is scary for me. I know. Um, I, I want to. I just got to see what I have going on with my, with my, my real estate deals. As well, long if you do your own business, good. you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, it's, it is always fun. I like it, but there are always, like, things that just, like, I, like, I get frustrated, too, because, like, the, the more involved I get in wrestling, the more I'm like, you know, uh, we need change here, we're going to do this here, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. What's going to piss me off about NCAAs is there's going to be, like, 15 other youth state championships going on the same exact yeah. time as our national tournament week. Why can we not get that right as a sport? It's frustrating. Why, why can't we do that? So, so, you know? so before, you go, oh. before you go, Jake, 
because I've I've read a lot of your Facebook posts. You and I have had a lot of private conversations. You have an opinion about everything. That's what I love about you. If we gave you the magic wand and you're running wrestling, what's the one change you would make? No, let's give top Organ- come on, top three, Jake. Top three. The organization of a, a organization and a defined season for for college ahead of time. There's no reason why you're telling me football coaches are smarter than us that I can tell you what 2020 game is happening here and there. There's a reason why they don't schedule high school football games during college football games, during, and, you know, during uh, professional football games. There's an organized way. And when you talk to these tournament, these people that run the tournaments, the youth tournaments, and I say, hey, Penn State is coming into Russell, Michigan on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you guys are having a tournament, and there's four other tournaments within 10 miles of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Why? And they go, oh, well, we had our schedule first. The college should move it around us. Like, that's a problem. So I would change that right there. I would change that. So how do you change that? Do you get all the so how do you change that? What seat do you sit in to make that change? It, it's it's we won't do it because everybody as a wrestling program wants to look out for their own program and yeah. they'd rather win as a program than see something be better for the sport overall. It's it's you're trying to tell the most egotistical people to put your ego aside and do it for the good of the sport. Get organized. Right. Get a defined where there's a tournament season and then there's a match season. Like, I, I hate that. It's like, oh, who's going to show up at the Midlands and who's going to show up at the scuffle and then other teams are dueling on that same time. Like, it's, it's stupid. We don't even have that right. You know? Right. So it, it's how you can get 40 guys who have battled and some of them hate each other and the other ones hate each other and some get along and there's clicks and this. It's like a, you know, you need to get freaking Lindsay Lohan from Mean Girls in there to organize them or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like you know, it. So that's one. What's what's two, Jake? What's two? Get it, get it, get it organized. Where we're more, you know, Olympic Olympic style. I'm not saying get rid of folk style, but I'm saying make it a little bit more freestyle orientated, so that we have. Well, one is organized season for sure. I think that's it. And then two would just be less competition as youth, like less. Um, sure. Less, not, not, I don't want to say pressure, but like, I mean, people, they, they yeah. like it. It's great. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap. There's, there's 10 kids walking around at, at 10 and under that are like, Hey, I want a national title. 10 and under. Oh, Jake, okay. is that the most ridiculous? They have this Midwest tour. It's got Hawkeye nationals and Badger nationals. And I kind of feel mean, but if my kid, my nine year old kids or however old they'll come in and say, I play sports at nationals. I'm like, that is not a national tournament. Absolutely not. Yeah. And then they, yeah. like, you know, I think they kind of think I'm mean, but, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they need to get the picture. It's not Nationals. Yeah. It's, it's not. I mean, it's not. It is. You know, it's the same thing, and it's just, like, I, I hate that. And then just have, have I want coaches to, like, I want their reward to be, like, for participation. Yes. Um, that's a huge one. Where was I? I was in uh, Iowa. Who's the top Iowa team? Uh, I, I are, we talking, are we talking youth or what are we talking? High school? Middle, high school. High school Iowa. It was probably it was Iowa City or Waverly Shell Rock or Council Bluffs or. No, not on Council Bluffs. It was in uh, Iowa. Southeast Pole. Southeast Pole. Yeah, Southeast Pole. So the coach was awesome. Love that guy. He, I know he's listening yep, right he's now. He's a good guy. He's got 90. He's got like 90 plus kids in his high school room. Yep. He's got three full mats. Ninety plus kids, like like as a high school team, he's yeah. doing it right, you know. And, and 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 he'll tell you, he's like, I didn't build that in a day, you know. That took time, you know, slow, gradual growth to have all that. And now he has things to say, like, hey, I want to get another wrestling man. He's looking to get like a, a bigger expansion on his wrestling room, yeah, because they're doing so awesome. well, so big and great. But 
where where are you finding coaches like the average high school coach last three years? How do you build a program with three years yeah. when you have three years and then turn over and then turn over and then turn over and turn over? Sure. I mean, this is the industry I'm in, Jake. So I'll tell you, man, I didn't think we were going to keep you this long, but we're rolling, so might as well just keep it going. Um, yeah. The, the issue is, the issue is obviously parents want results, right? And yep. There's a lot of ways to shortcut those results. For example, having kids cut weight, um, having kids wrestle a shit ton of live when they're eight or nine years old, uh, conditioning them more than they need to be conditioned at that age. That'll provide short-term results, but the long-term, it'll it'll provide a lot fewer wrestlers, right? A lot of them will quit, um, but they get a lot of results when they're younger, and so parents think they're a good coach, but they're actually a crap coach, and that's one of the hugest things plaguing um, wrestling, and, and like you said, one of the things that coaches should be judged by in the sport of wrestling is the amount of participation they have and the retention within their programs. Because I know across Thank the you. board in USA Wrestling, it's 60% year over year. I mean, to, to talk about how bad that is, that means whoever's wrestling right now of the population, two years from now, 36% of those people will be wrestling in just two years, right? So you have to replenish yeah. the supply so fast, but... Because they're 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 kicking them out, essentially kicking them out. You know, they're making kids leave the sport. It can never get that big, right? Where if your retention goes up to even if it goes up to eighty percent, which is is not amazing, um, all of a sudden you have a huge amount more kids in, within wrestling, like you're saying. So I do think there should be, uh, you know, a, a participation type of thing that that wrestling people look at. You know, I'm I'm absolutely going through that right now personally. My I'm sending I'm going to send my kids to a high school in Columbus called bishop waterson and they just they uh canceled their high school wrestling program last year so even though i didn't want to be involved in a school program i took it upon myself to start a youth program within this feeder school system where there is no high school wrestling team and there's no wrestling culture and i've got 49 kids out for this club it's called the little eagle wrestling club they all attend feeder schools that will feed into waterson and their grades K through six. Most of them are K through two. And on the 49 of them, I'd say 41 or 42 of them are in their first year. So, like, this whole thing that we're talking about, I'm actually experiencing it right now. I'm yeah. only six weeks into it. But it's just a very interesting dynamic where I'm literally learning, like, every minute I teach these kids, every moment I'm with them and their parents, and they're these, you know, virgins to the sport of wrestling – and my whole motivation is to keep them in the sport. Like I'm learning a mile a minute on what the dynamics are for someone who doesn't even know wrestling, because it's hard to, to put yourself in the shoes of someone that knows literally doesn't know the sport. And you have to do that to keep people entertained to say like, well, since you don't know wrestling, how can I expose you to it in a way that makes you want to come back? Yeah. And that's not easy. You know what I mean? It's tough. So, so that leads me to point number three. Well, and that, and that you you nailed it on the head, Tommy. I mean, it, it's point number three. You are not allowed to compete until you reach the physical standard that should be set by USA Wrestling or or whatever governing body. I mean, they should get together and agree that hey, if a kid cannot do a forward roll to their feet and a backwards roll to their feet, you know, you know, and, and they can't hold a front bridge for thirty seconds and then kick to a back bridge, they yeah. are not allowed to compete in the sport of wrestling. But what they can do is they can do an alternate. So they can't wrestle full live matches like we can, but what they can do is they can do alternate, which is like maybe the attack bands where, you know, they have the first one to get to an ankle and rip it off, or maybe just wrestle to a lock on the leg and that's it. But they are not allowed to go full live, and it should be expected to do what you, I, and, and Tommy do, 
you know, at the, at the six-year-old level, and they don't have the body control to physically do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cute. It's cute seeing the little kids wrestle, but it's also pointless. Yeah, it's, like, it's what, to- what, totally what pointless. We, try to, we say five through seven-year-olds, no, no competition at all. Um, and then even yeah. eight, nine, we're still kind of getting, getting them into it slowly. But parents don't see it that way. All these parents are so excited and they need to get the jump on everybody. And they need to compete. It's just it's pointless, like you're saying, Jake. But also the economics of it, um, you know, if you do a 400-person yeah. youth tournament for a high school and that's their big fundraiser for the year, I bet you 100 to 125 of those kids are seven and under, right? And so that, that yep. you know, so they don't have any incentive to not have those people wrestle. Um but yeah, I think that five through seven year old age group. Oh man, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. So I, I my well, the other, the other the other thing, the other thing that I learned really quickly is is um, and I did it before we even started. But you know, I've been a guest clinician, you know, five hundred times, a thousand times in my life, just like you guys. And you know, I get hired, and these these coaches want to maximize my time with their kids, so they get these eight-year-old kids and they're like all right you're gonna do a two and a half hour session no. and it's like you know that's well intended but i'm gonna lose these kids i'm not that yeah. good nobody's that good to keep their attention so we have 75 minute practices an hour and 15 minutes twice a week and what's cool is that i feel rushed as a as a as a coach trying to trying to get the get the get the process in place and get these kids to have fun but i would rather feel rushed than have them be bored, and so what happens yes. is we have seventy five we have seventy five minutes of nonstop great rhythm and momentum through the workout. Whereas if I did this for even another twenty minutes with these six year olds, they'd be goners. I mean, I got twin five year olds yeah. and a seven year old son, so I'm very uh, in touch with the attention span of this age group. And um, you know, one thing that I feel like is really helping me is short practices because. What I want them to do is I, I can't hide the fact that wrestling's tough from them. I mean, yeah. I can a little bit, but not, too, but not too much. But I will make sure that when they come, they're either working or we're, or we're not. I mean, when I say working, I'm not talking about conditioning. I'm just like, we're doing something yeah. or we're out of there. And so you keep it high pace, high rhythm, high momentum, and those yeah. kids feed off of that because they like yeah. the action. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, with the young groups, you absolutely have to keep it high, high, you know, high movement. Otherwise, you just lose them immediately, you know. Second, you sit down for three minutes right. and talk. They're freaking done. Um, I don't even like. I mean, call me crazy, and you guys, you guys can call me out if you want, but I don't even do water breaks because that's fine. And if working. you're an hour, you don't need a water break. Well, we're not working hard, right? Because they're just we're doing calisthenics. We're learning learning body movement, position, and if I give forty six year olds a water break, yep, when agree. they come back, they're gone. It's over. Hey, Tommy, when you want to do water do breaks? We go straight through. What's that? How do I do it? Here's, here's, here's how you do water break. And this is what all wrestling coaches do. Because if you ask your kids in the room and say, hey, name me an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, how many can they name? None. So I always do, I always do a water, water break for knowledge. So what it is, it's like, hey, it, it's me passing my wrestling <laughs> knowledge on to the kids of our future of our sports. Because I'm like, how are you going to feel when I say, hey, name me an Olympian, and they don't know you know, Ben Askren. I go, name me an NCAA champion, and they don't know Tommy Rollins. You know, uh, they, they don't know this stuff. Because uh, no one's telling them that. So what we do every practice for a water break is raise your hand, drink for knowledge during the water break. This week is Olympia. So it's, you know, name, you have to name an Olympic gold, you have to name an Olympic wrestler. So what's great is they raise your hand, wow. they tell you it, and then you dismiss them. So now they're going one at a time. 
and they're talking with each other while they're doing it. And, and then if, in the sense it's the whole week or the two weeks until everybody can name at least one Olympian, you know, they'll go and they'll look one up. You say, ask your parents, go look one up, uh, go do this research afterwards. And then you move on to state champions and break it down so that you can pass that knowledge along so that they know who, like, Alan Freed is and they know who Michael Paletta is and they know, you know, these other people, right. not just the uh, Gordon Burroughs and Kyle Snyders, you know. Right. So that's what we do. I like that. Um, and that's what I think, like, every, every youth program should do because, you know, I'm not going to let 100 kids go and get a brink, drink at the same time and that's going to happen. Filter them through one by one by making them give you wrestling knowledge. How long do you guys? How long do you guys train the little tykes? How long do you train like K through two or three? Like how long? How long are the workouts? Uh, ours are an hour. Wow. <laughs> hour. I don't. I don't. I don't do them. I mean, we don't. We don't have them. We have. Uh, we have basically eight and up, seven and up, and ours. And right. And our practice. What about that age? Two hours. Yeah. Well, they're two hours. Gotcha. They're split in half. It's one hour is all physical development with like a little mini break and, and it's physical training at the, at the Barwish gym. So they do everything. They do half an hour of like speed and agility and plyos and all that stuff. And then we do half an hour of like wrestling specific tumbling and bridging and that stuff. And then they get a break. And then the last hour, like I said, I feel rushed. It's the same thing. I feel like I don't get enough in, but I'd rather have my kids wanting more than overfeeding yeah. them and then never coming yeah. back again. Of course. Right. So it, we don't right. know as wrestling. Less, less is more. Less is more. How many NCAA teams do you think train way too hard overtrained, right all of them you know for the ncaa's there are very few that train just right because less is more sometimes in our sport but we don't think that we think more is more you know or cavemen i will i will i will t- and we're kind of rambling here but you guys care if we keep going or no i mean we gotta get- we're way past where we were supposed to have jake so if jake wants to stay he's good um and this episode kind of morphed into uh, uh, a round table on youth wrestling, but I freaking love it. Um and I'm sure our listeners will too, so I'm good to go if you guys are good to go. I'll tell I'll tell you one one thing and and this is just a more pragmatic approach because you know, I, I agree with not getting kids into wrestling at a real young age, but when you take the reality of of the world that we live in being the United States of America, you have to consider a lot of factors and one thing that that I think is a real challenge for us as a sport is the sport of basketball and organized basketball really gets going at around the fourth grade. So to me, I don't, I think that there is a direct benefit of exposing kids to the sport prior to fourth grade. So that they, so that the ones that do develop somewhat of a, an interest in the sport when they are inclined and tempted to play organized basketball with their school Sure. That that they at least that they at least want to do wrestling simultaneously with basketball. Yeah, I, you know, Tommy, um, I, ha- I think the thing goes back to kind of what Jake and I. I think Jake made this point. I think you made this point a little bit. And I also made this point is, um, you know, there's ways to shortcut the system and be really good really early in, in wrestling careers, and a lot of youth coaches use those shortcuts. They don't provide good long term results though, right? And so you know, pre fourth grade when you're getting ready to compete. Um, there's a lot, you know, I know Jake has a bunch of movements in his thing. I know we do that same type of thing with our groups. Um, and, and very, very little live wrestling. I mean, not, you know, in a lot of these situations, we actually do use the, the attack bands that Jake created. Um, but very little live wrestling where they're really scrapping too hard because that, 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 I mean, at that age, there's small physical differences that make huge differences. And the strong succeed and the weak don't. But then we don't want the weak in the second grade thing, and I can never be strong because... 
Um, I mean, all of you guys can name it. And I was that kid that wasn't very good when he was in third or fourth grade and ended up being really damn good at wrestling. Right. Yeah. No, it, it, it's huge. I mean, and, and that's what I try to, like, explain to coaches in the short run, right? Like, you have the physical, the technical, and the mental of, like, your athlete, right? You, you got to get them physically because I don't care where you're at as a second grader. Like, you're not doing – you're not walking on your hands in second grade yet unless you're in gymnastics, which is huge. So why can't we do the same exact thing that they teach you gymnastics in the wrestling, which we should be doing? Because now it's like, hey, get your kids in the wrestling room to learn physical literacy and to control their body. You know, that'll make them better at baseball, football, basketball. So that's how you, you win the recruitment. And then it's like we do the simple things like the offense-defense drill, where it's just live wrestling to a lock on the leg. And once you get a yeah. lock, that's the point. You know, that's what the youth should think the point is. So when you have a kid who's physically a freak of nature, and he's got like a thousand hyper-focused hours of doing nothing but getting a lock on the leg, and a thousand hyper-focused hours of doing nothing but defending somebody from getting a leg, he's going to be really hard to beat, and he doesn't even know any finishes yet, because how are you going to get to his leg? You know, now it's easy. Right. Right? Now it's like, hey, you got your leg, now let's teach you to finish. Back arm deep and here and across. You know, they're not going to understand that as third graders, but as seventh graders and human beings, they can you can walk them through that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree fully. <laughs> yeah. I like but that it, it's a hard lot. Coach, it's hard for a coach to grasp because that's long-term planning, and people don't think long-term. They, they, they want that short-term focus. They want that head well, and the, arm. They want that sensory, you know? I think, I, well, I think I think – I th- I don't think I think every I think the reality though is that I don't think many people would disagree with what you're saying and how you should run a practice. But the challenge, Jake, is that you have to keep the interest level of yeah. the customer. The customer being the kid and possibly his mom or dad or both. And so what these coaches fall victim to is they give in to what the wrestling community is doing and these people feed off of it. So if you're going to go, if you're going to go against that and do the things that you're talking about, which I totally agree with, you've got to be one heck of a freaking salesman. And you've got to be a guy that says, this is the way, and we're going to have fun doing it. Because if you just instill it and you go against the grain of what everyone wants to do, because they're doing it in soccer, they're doing it in football, they're doing it in basketball, baseball, you name it. And you're doing the opposite of that. You got to be good at what you do, and you're good, Jake. You know, but these coaches, they need to be empowered to like really compel people to think that what they're saying makes sense. I mean, that's what makes a good coach, right? Yeah. He, he creates a he creates a consensus and gets people to say, "Hey, this is the way. This is the way we're going to do it, and this is the way you should do it. And we're going to have fun doing it." I think that's the challenge. You know what I mean? Because what you're saying technically is, I mean, I don't know how you can argue it. You know what I mean? I, I really don't know how you could argue it. Yes, and I just hope a lot of coaches are out there and they're with us in this, you know, and let us know and let us know that's important, how we can do it. Because I tell any coach that when they start saying, hey, you're not doing this right, or a parent's arguing with them, I was like, and, and, and it's because that coach maybe was never even a state champion or state place winner. I'm like, here's my number, call me. You know, call me, and yeah. if I have to pull the, oh, I'm an Olympian acclimate, uh, you know, or I want a national title to do it, and, and, you know, I'll do that. I just feel bad for the guys that are preaching the same exact stuff that the three of us are preaching, but they, they, they're getting shot down by people who are used to doing it the old school way. You know, oh, yeah. you're not running any sprints at the end of practice, and these kids aren't crying, and they're not tired? You're not doing it right. <laughs> right. I love it. I hear it loud and clear. Um, hey Jake, man, you, you you gave us more time than we were expecting. You got anything else to get off your chest? Or any sponsors you want to thank? Any honeys you want to shout out besides your wife? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta thank my wife for keeping her downstairs and letting her. Uh, yeah, you know, she's enjoying it right now. She's finishing up our taxes. I actually got a good tax question from Tommy answered, so that helped. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, all you know, again, reach out to me. You know, I, I love doing camps and clinics. I, I would arguably say I'm the best in the world at doing wrestling camps and <laughs> clinics every time I do one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that job doesn't pay enough to uh, to pay the mortgage, so I don't do that full time. You know, but I like doing it. You know, my goal yeah. is to have yeah. Well, you got hundred. You got a north. Yeah. Once I own a hundred rental properties and buildings and stuff, so if anybody's in the Detroit area and wants to be involved in, uh, you what, know, what's your business called? Uh, JJH Investing is like the LLC that sure. runs it all through. Nice. You know, I I just partner up with with people and, and and a bunch of flips and stuff. We got a good area. I, I found a guy that really knows it really well. And, and you, you, your your family your family your family has a construction yep. background, right, Jake? Yeah, my dad knew it growing up, and I put down about ten thousand pages of literature since uh, the Olympic trials and real estate. I'm really interested in it, and you know, again, right? It's moving a wrestling mat, like. I don't care what it is I have to do. If I have to go down and take every nail out of the house with my bare teeth, I'll do it to sell the place. Like, it's just, you know, by any means necessary, we're going to get it done. It's the same reason why, you know, Tommy, you're, you're successful. You got your rudest, you know, on the side job, you know, your your side hustle, which is doing awesome and fantastic. And, Ben, you got your hands in your, your wrestling academies and doing that other stuff. But people that have nine-to-five jobs that, you know, don't have the time to do anything else and they want to look to invest their property. I mean, we're getting like 8 to 20% returns for people. So um, I just want to help people oh, out. Man. You know, it's a, lot, it's a lot better than sitting in a Chase bank account earning 5 bucks a month, you know, you know, as, as a savings account. That's not going to do anything for you. Yep. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, let me know. I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm already retired. So uh, if, if I didn't want to do anything for the rest of my life, I, I, I don't have to. But the crappy thing about that is, right, if a wrestling program wants help from me, I can write them, you know, at my retirement level now, I can write them a $300 check or a $400 check. I want to be able to write $50,000 checks and $100,000 checks and start programs and create programs. And that's why I saw real estate and went into real estate. And, you know, I feel like it's a great means to be able to do what I want to do. Love it. Yep. All right, yep. thanks, Jake, man. Appreciate the time, and uh, hope you put a few sessions in before December 2017. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we got to do a joint training. You got to come out of Columbus, Jake. We'll do a training camp. Oh, yeah. I got to get one more takedown on Kyle Snyder before I'm done. I owe him one. Huh. <laughs> Good luck. That didn't turn out too well for Tommy. Oh, God, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Awesome. I'll see you guys. Oh, Ben, I'm going to text you, man. I need to get, uh, I want to get your schedule for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitions, too. I've started to roll around in that a little there bit. There you go. Oh, I, I don't have one. I, I said, I've said I'm not going to compete in grappling until I'm actually done with mixed martial arts, which isn't too far off. But, uh, so yeah, just hit me up, though. Maybe you come over here and do a clinic for AWA. Heck yeah, man. Love it. I'm best in the world at it. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. We'll see you, Jake. Thanks a lot. See you guys. Thank you. Well, that, that turned into a long session. I thought we were getting about 20, 25 minutes out of him. Um, and I believe that was I like talking 46 minutes. Yeah, that, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I did not know we were going to get on top of youth wrestling, but I uh, I, uh, I really do. I, I love that. Uh, I love talking about it because it's such a hot topic for me. 
because it does affect our whole sport, right? I, you know, I think of the youth coaches at the grass level. They're kind of the ones getting everyone into the sport and giving everyone their first experience and first taste of it. So those are kind of our, our most important people. And so if we can get them to think the right way, um, then we're, we're going to be heading in a good direction as a sport. I know, Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm involved in it, right? I mean, my only, my, I'm, my sons are in, a, are in a great school system. They're going to go to a great school that does not have a wrestling program. So my absolute number one motivation of doing this is just I've got to keep as many of these people wrestling as possible. Yeah. That is the only that is the only thing I think about. Now, you know, we can have, you know, very differing levels of opinions on when to expose the comp- competition, how is, how should a practice be run, what should you be reviewing, body mechanics, techniques, this that the other thing. If the core, if your number one mo- motivation and you are driven by keeping these kids coming to practice, I think you're. I think you're thinking straight. Now you could, you know, because because I think that a lot of people are thinking, how do I make champions? Well, sometimes you make champions by not putting up with anything less than a champion, and that doesn't promote participation. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, to your point, if you just, keep, I mean, Tommy, if you're teaching sensible techniques and you're relating to kids on a, on a basis where you're keeping them focused and keeping them working at a decent level, and they're in the room for eight years, they're going to be really good at wrestling, right? Right. They're going to be good right. at wrestling. Exactly that's right. all you need to do. I mean, literally, that, that, I, mean, I think about that all the time. Is, is If we just keep these kids in the room, and we don't need to grind them when they're young. Okay, when they're 8th, ninth, 10th, we better start grinding then a little bit, right, if they want to achieve these lofty goals. But when they're yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, even fifth, sixth grade, um, you know, when they're kind of starting to work a little harder, um, we still don't need to grind them out because if they're just sticking around building skills for that long, they're going to be good at wrestling. I agree. I agree. There's just an innate, um, it's to your point, you know, innate skills instead of talent, you build, you build innate body mechanics and instincts that are irreplaceable. And toughness doesn't get you that. Wind sprints don't get you that. 17 live goes get you that. It's just showing up, lacing up your shoes, and rolling around for 10 years is what gets you that. And, you know, you know if, as long as we can keep people doing that, we'll have plenty of participants and good wrestling, I think. I, I agree 100%. Um, hey, let's get to some college wrestling stuff since we only have like ten minutes left now. Um, you know that was great. This was your this was your way of do- this is your way of dodging. Listen, uh, I'll, okay, let's just, I'll just I'll take it, Tommy. Missouri lost to Oklahoma. There was a bunch of starters out. I don't know what the heck's going on down there. Um, ho- hopefully, whether it's injuries or sickness, I don't know. Hopefully, everything gets fixed up. I'll be down there in two weeks. Uh, I'm going to the Mizzou versus Oklahoma State, which is the alumni match for Mizzou, where we whooped up on Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State last year. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll probably have a better idea of what's going on at that point. Hey, so Brian Smith and Missouri wrestling has the model of consistency for a long time. So the the program's been taking some shots the past seven eight weeks. Yeah, I can roll with it. I can roll with it. I still think it's a great program. I still think they might turn it around this year. And, Show up at the end and, and make a good run. This is not uh, this, this is not this 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 comment is not about Missouri wrestling. It's more about Oklahoma wrestling because even with 
all of those starters out. You've got a team that is accustomed to success. Wrestling a team that is not accustomed to success as of late. And I think what Lou Rizzelli is doing in there is he's instilling a confidence that if you put in the work, you should expect the most from yourself. And I think that's, you know, he, he went 5-5 five and five against Cornell yeah. with, for the most part, a full roster. And then they just beat Missouri, albeit empty some starters. But what you're, I'm seeing a trend here. I'm seeing, yeah. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing something. I don't know if you are, and I know you guys had a lot of guys out, but I'm seeing something here out of Oklahoma. Well, I, you know, I haven't got the, I haven't got the chance to watch him wrestle live yet. Obviously, we we have Lou on the show. We thought Lou was going to do good things. Um, right. I'm, I'm going to give him a couple more years till I, till I make a judgment. You know, I, and obviously we should we should probably give him five years till we make a real judgment on what he's doing with that program. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's looking like they're heading in a positive direction. So last Friday night, Tommy, I did get to go watch some live college wrestling. I, I loved it. I got to watch Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Took a bunch of uh, our academy kids up there and watched What'd that you match. What did you think? Um, I, I, you know, it wasn't a great match. Wisconsin didn't have an amazing crowd. And then the other thing was there wasn't a huge amount of, uh, I guess, competitive matches, right? It was... Um, you know, lopsided one way or the other. You know, even like an Isaac Jordan, who I believe he only won four one or four two. It was kind of like it was really slow, but he controlled it. Bo Jordan kind of right. smashed. Um, Miles Martin, that was a backup there, but that was ugly. Um, Ninety seven, Colin Moore kind of smashed. Uh, who was the, who was the most impressive to you in the whole duel? Well, you know, obviously the match that everyone wanted to see, which we did not get to see, was Kyle Snyder versus Medbury because that, that's a uh, that's a number one versus a number two. Um, you know, I guess the most mind-blowing for me was, and we actually talked about this just right before the show started, was Johnny Jimenez beat up on uh, Jose Brown. It was 14-2 uh, was the yeah, final score. That, that was that was not fun to watch. I'm, I'm wondering if we're – I don't want to assume this, but, like, you know, that was a tough loss. I hope we're not looking at a freshman slide. I hope it was just a bad day at the office, a bad yeah. weigh-in, something like that. But I don't even know this him and this guy. But he's not yeah. he's not at the level he's that Rodriguez okay. is on, on paper, right? Yeah, correct. So, that you know, that match wasn't competitive. Tomasello match wasn't competitive. I guess the clo- the next two would, would have been the – or the next three would have been the closest. But at this point, the duel is kind of out of reach. And that was uh, Pletcher beat Kidib Cole Martin. Cole Martin's ranked like 14th. Um, so that's a really good win for Luke Pletcher. The match was pretty good. It was back and forth. Um, and then at 49, Micah Jordan beat a kid named Andrew Crone, who actually wrestled at my high school and then wrestled for my club. Um, you know, Crone was in the match for a while, but, you know, Micah did control it. And then, Tell me what. So so right. do you agree with me? I think Mick Jordan is the number one threat right now to Zane Rutherford. And I don't even know if you'd call it a threat because that's yeah, a yeah. good. I mean, but, right now, but I'm just I not seeing it. Yeah, okay, so, so I'm not – I don't want – threat was the wrong word. Is, sure. Do you think that um, Nick Jordan is the best contender? Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that there's this group behind uh, Rutherford. Rutherford. You know, your Sorensen, Kalika, Mays. Jordan, I don't know if I'm missing anyone. You know that that group right there that's kind of battling it out for second in my mind. And a lot of who takes second depends on who gets seated second or third. Because if you're seated fourth or fifth, you're gonna have to wrestle Rutherford, and that that's a tough day. Right. right. There. 
So we'll, we'll see how right. that turns out. Um, but yeah, it was good going to watch a live duel. Tommy, I'm actually going to – I'm flying into Austin. I'm taking an RV with the flow crew, and we're going to Iowa versus Oklahoma State. Um, I haven't been on a guy vacation in a while. They were talking about it on the show, and I, I called him, and I said, coming down. So Is Martin going? Martin's going. Um, Bader's going oh, up God. early. That's unfortunate that Bader's going up early. But I'm looking forward to this. It should be a fun weekend. I'm going to get to talk a lot of wrestling uh, with, with the Flow guys and obviously watch a really good wrestling match. Uh, I'm looking forward to this a, a lot. And the match is going to be really good. I mean, I think it's number one versus number three or whatever whatever you want to call it right now. So um, what, are the, what are the matchups we got going on? What are the matchups that you're well, it's about? it's a lot of toss-ups. I mean, you know, you got Cade Brock for it. Well, so obviously you give, you give Gilman the, the nod over pitching any. Brock versus Clark. You know, you kind of lean Brock. Or you lead towards Clark, but it's going to be a good match. Heil, you lean over Carton. Sorensen versus Kalka, like we talked about, should be a very competitive right. match. Kemmer versus Joe Smith should be a very competitive match. Wow. Um, that's going to be fun, right? I would give. I mean, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a great duel. I'd give Oklahoma State the nod at 65. Uh, and then 74, those, those guys are really tight. Crutchmer and Meyer. 84, Boyd and Brooks are really tight. 97, you probably give Oklahoma State the nod. And, and heavyweight, you probably give Iowa the nod, but not by a lot. So, I mean, you're talking a whole bunch of toss ups. Um, hopefully. Stillwater and Stillwater, the, the the crowd packs the arena, and we, you know, I don't really like either of these teams, so I'm just cheering for some damn good wrestling. That's all I want to see. So I want to I want to make a claim, and I don't make many of them. All right, let's hear it. I'm I'm taking, and it's not a big claim, but it's a claim. I'm taking Joe Smith in a controlling fashion over Kemmerer. Not dominant, but controlling, like. Decisive. Like five two. Is that what you know? Is that what we're talking five, about? Five five two. Not much. Never in much danger. Yeah, I, man. I don't know. With you know, Kemmer has been looking really good, and obviously Joe Smith dropped that match at the scuffle. Um, right. Man, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I would have a hard time picking either one of those guys very confidently. Yeah, that's why I think it's a little bit of a claim. So let's mark it down. Okay. Right? Mark. We'll talk about that next week. Hey, let's. Uh, Let's just hit a few matches real quick. You know, we only got a couple minutes left from last week. Uh, Iowa did beat up on Michigan, thirty-one to seven. The only match really that I noted here was uh, Clark versus Mitchitz, two nothing. Um, right. Mitchitz is if only a freshman. He's going to be really good. He's going to be really tough. Um, you know, Clark shut him down, uh, but I, I see him I being did, very I good. Did, in the I did watch. Um, I did watch Logan Massa versus Meyer and. Uh, Logan Mass is good, man. <laughs> he's yeah. good. Yeah, he he's very good. I think you know, I think he could potentially contend for a national title this year. Obviously, you got IMR there. I you know, I don't know the name was beating IMR, but he's about as good as it gets. Um, right. Penn State versus Nebraska. I thought there were some interesting results here. Suriano wins three two over Lambert. Uh, Colton McChrystal smashes Jimmy Gilbon. Gilbon is such an anomaly to me. Um, I, I guess there there was the Altons also, but Penn State, everyone seems to get so good there. And then you just have a couple of these guys who never make any progress. Gilbon being, you know, Gilbon's probably even, even regressed, as did the Altons. And it's so weird because everyone else in that room progresses, right? 
Right. It is interesting. It's really interesting, and, and there's really not an explanation for it. It's not. I mean, but, I, um, maybe for in that room we have one, but you know, from the outside looking in, we definitely don't have one. Did you watch Dudley versus Bo Nickel? I didn't. No, I did not get to watch any of these matches. I was really busy this weekend. Uh, you know, kind of read it. It sounded like Nickel kind of controlled the pace and the action, which huge win for him because Dudley was in the NCAA Finals last year. Right. Now that puts Nickel clear-cut number two behind uh, uh, Gabe yep. Dean and I would say so. And then, uh, man, a lot of good matches here. So Studebaker pinned McCutcheon. I think, you know, I think that's a big one because we still don't know where McCutcheon is at 197. Uh, and then I thought this was funny. Rutherford only wins 19-6 to over uh, I don't Colin Puritan. I don't know this guy. Um, but seeing <laughs> as Rutherford's pinned or teched everyone, this is the guy that he only majors was kind of funny to me. And then Nolf wins 15-7 over a very good Tyler Berger. Um, yeah, so good, kind of good matches all, all around here, I thought. Absolutely. I mean, you want Berger and, uh, and uh, what's his name? Kemmerer was had awesome. the scrap. Uh, yeah, kind of. We already talked about that last episode. But uh, at any rate, a lot of people, including yourself, think that Kemmerer can give Nolf a go because of the familiarity and being from Young Guns and all that good stuff. I, I think and we I can. Think that we'll see. I know. I, I think I think there's some truth to that. But if there is truth to that, it's just going to show you how important that matchup familiarity thing is when Nolf can go out against a common opponent and just smash him. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting to me. You know what I mean? No, I mean, but that's, that's definitely a thing, though. Um, who oh, would, it's a thing. I thought of, oh, man, there was someone... Oh, I had this on my head the other day when, when I was thinking about those two matching up. There's, and I'm totally blanking on who it is right now, but there was, uh, you know, one of those where they were high school teammates, and one guy was clearly better than the other guy, but every time they wrestled, it was like three to two. Um, right. I'm, I'm blanking right. on it right now. So, anyway, Tommy, we're, we're kind of in overtime now. We usually don't go that long. Jake gave us some very good content. Um, I'll be at Oklahoma State, Iowa, so hopefully you tune in on Flow Wrestling for that, and then we'll have a lot of stuff Baby. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything else for the people or no? No, man, no, man. I'm I'm working out five days a week, eating healthy, and I, love it. I haven't completely committed. I haven't completely committed to the mercenary You're group. You're in. But, uh, You're in. Oh, man. Okay, man. Have a good one. Hey, we got, wait. We hate. To, we do have a seventh member. Jason Welch is in one fifty-seven. So we still need a one forty-one. A one. You know, I, I got. I got to be honest. I got to be honest with you, man. And I like Jason Welch, but we got to make sure that we have people that are, like, removed enough from wrestling where it's like, WTF, why are they wrestling? He was, like, you know 20, I mean? 2010 graduate. That's old enough. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We can't, you know, next thing you know, we're going to have Kyle Snyder wrestling or something. That wouldn't be very fair. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good one. Thank right, you, Defense great. Soap, for your support. See you. See you, Tommy. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built.